0: Welcome to the Manor.
1: Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody, and I'm James. Continuing drinking a batch 1,000
0: of a 16% Belgian Quad. Woohoo! To give you an idea of what else we recorded today, but this matches up well because yeah, the first half of that bottle was recording our 100th episode. Uh-huh. This episode discusses one of my favorite, most favorite of all authors ever, Ray Bradbury as his 100th birthday would have been this year had he still been alive. So I guess it's still a 100th birthday. He just isn't around celebrating it.
1: Yeah, what you said.
0: <laughs> so, so happy birthday, Ray. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. No. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a note, I own a lot of Ray Bradbury books. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll kind more. of talk about why I love him so much. But I'm not going to go into detail on everything because that's just way too much.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you, you own more of Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury books than I do, but, but, but it's not that I do not enjoy Ray Bradbury. I do. You do. Eh? We've talked about Ray Bradbury before. Yes. Yes, we have. In fact, uh, later
0: this year, we'll be doing a special during October on Ray Bradbury's, the Halloween tree that we've mentioned
1: several, several times. Several times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and that is actually why I got into Ray Bradbury. When I was in junior high, uh, every once in a while, to kind of get us out and get us to the library, our teacher would have us walk from the school. I don't know, a dozen, two dozen blocks to the, the local Clinton library and just let it, let's peruse and look around. And I happen to be going through the stacks and I see this book and I pull it out because I see it's called the Halloween tree. I'm like, Ooh, cool. And I pull it out and there's a picture of teenagers dressed up as skeletons and mummies and everything hanging onto a pterodactyl kite. Cause that was one of the covers at the time. And I'm like, well, I got to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it may actually be my most read book because it's I mean it's made for kids mm-hmm. and we'll get into some of the issues with it when we talk about it you'll probably hear the story again because I'll forget that oh, I told it yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's Ray's writing really you know as a 13 or 14 year old <laughs> but I got it because I know it's in eighth grade Ray's writing really Ray's, Ray's, <laughs> <laughs> I love alliteration <laughs> all right asshole yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm gonna stop before. Uh-huh. Peter Parker, Reed Richards. <laughs> worst of all, J. Jonah Jonah Jameson. <laughs> okay, Stan. <laughs> Millie the model. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Millie the model.
0: You know, but you remember names like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you. That's yeah. Anyway, anyway. Back, back to Ray Bradbury. <laughs>
0: so yeah uh, I just I love his writing and uh, you know of course as I've gotten older I've read more and more of his things so thought I'd share some of my favorites for this wonderful gentleman's hundredth yeah all right so I'm going to start with short stories okay now I've got several of his books that are short story collections and I thought I would give one to two maybe three of the short stories I think are the best out of those and and why but it won't take long for each one okay A sound of thunder from the book, The Golden Apples of the Sun from 1953. Uh, Okay, yeah, so I was pausing to see if Joey had it. Uh, (laughs) So A Sound of Thunder actually introduced the idea that the death of a butterfly in the past, characters in the story were hunting dinosaurs, (laughs) could influence the future.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, I gotcha.
0: Yeah, so the term butterfly effect was coined by meteorologist Edward Norton Lorenz in the 60s, one of the founders of chaos theory, but the idea of it happened decade, decade and a half before with Ray Bradbury.
1: Nice. Yeah. Go, Ray. Yeah.
0: No, no. I said go away. Fuck no, <laughs> no. Just uh, and moving on. Fight me. <laughs> Obviously, I don't have these in uh, chronological order, so I uh, just pulled them off the bookshelf, and here we go. Uh, the coin okay. convector from 1988.
1: Um, I don't think I got that one either. I got, it's just uh, short, short short stories, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. It's a collection. Okay. Uh, I've got two from it, and one is The Toynbee Convector, which is great science fiction, time travel, save the earth mystery type of story. Okay. And uh, the thing at the top of the stairs, about an adult when he goes back to a place of childhood horrors, it's creepy and psychological.
1: Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's good.
0: Uh, Do you have Quicker Than the Eye from
1: 1996?
0: Um, no. Actually, this is the least favorite in my collection. I, I've only read it the one time. Uh, some most of these I've read two to two to a dozen. But I do like Finnegan. The Finnegan, it's a Sherlock-type detective. Children are drained of their blood, and he has to figure out what's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I describe it as Victorian noir. But okay. if if spiders creep you the fuck out, do not read this fucking story.
1: <laughs> okay, I may pass on that one then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's not horrible, but yeah, a little creepy. Okay,
0: my probably second favorite on my list is the illustrated man from 1951 i have that collection it's good have you read it yet not yet it's good uh great collection it's got a combination of spooky and sci-fi the the prologue and epilogue are actually really cool they're not the short stories themselves but the author uh, that Ray's writing and voice of uh taking a walking tour of wisconsin and he meets the illustrated man at his campsite and as uh, the illustrated man sleeping he sees the tattoos tell stories at the very end in the, the ending. He leaves like really, really quickly because he sees a new tattoo start to appear that shows the illustrated man killing the person telling the, the <laughs> story.
1: <laughs> oh, that's kind of freaky. It,
0: it is, and that's just – yeah, so, so three of my favorites. i got to pick three from this. Yeah. Fire balloons. It's about priests on Mars, and they find life forms, and they're trying to debate on if they're intelligent or not. It does yeah. a great job of showing the nasty and the caring side of religion.
1: Cool. cool. Yeah,
0: the nice theological sort of thing in a sci-fi setting. Uh, Marionettes Inc. is in- incorporated. They can uh, make perfect clack clackwork. Yeah, <laughs> clackwork. They 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 can make perfect clackwork replicas of people's. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've just got a couple notes, two notes here to give you an idea of what it's about. Husbands think they can fool their wives, but what if the wife acted first? Ah. And what if the marionette grows tired of being locked up when not needed?
1: That could go sideways. (laughs) And it does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll mention it a little bit, the Ray Bradbury Theater, an HBO series, Mm -hmm. based on his stories that he was involved in. This is the first episode. It's based off marionettes, Inc. And it's good, a little creepy. The story, when you read it, is so much better. And it takes you know, 30 minutes to watch, you can actually read the short story in 10 to 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at the table of contents here, and it's only like 10 pages.
0: Yeah, it's very short, so even if you're just getting gross, it won't take long at all.
1: Now, did they, well, no, go ahead, go ahead with your third one. And my third one is
0: Zero Hour, and what happens when invisible, at least to adults, aliens talk kids into playing a game called Invasion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. It's a good one, and I don't know if it's in Ray Bradbury Theater, but it was actually, has been made at least into one miniseries on TV, if not a couple. Oh, cool. And I did not care for the most recent one, which is within the last decade. Story
1: is just much better. It's okay on TV. You know, if you like TV instead of reading, yeah. you might like it. Was, wasn't was there a movie called The Illustrated Man? And and how much of that was based on the short stories in the book? Or have you have you seen that? I have
0: not seen it but I can tell you uh, 1969 American science fiction film stars Rod Steger. Nice. It's a man whose tattoos on the body. Yeah. It's based on three short stories from the collection, the Velt, which actually I didn't mention simply because it's one of his better known short stories, uh, cool. the long rain and the last night of the world. So yeah, looks like, cool. so the screenplays by Howard Krisek or something. So not Bradbury and Bradbury's actually also highly regarded as a Hollywood writer. Yeah. So I don't know how much they changed. Uh, yeah.
1: So, okay. I, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I had heard of it. You know, I knew there was a book and I knew there was a movie. And I, I, I had actually, I do remember that now. I had read that, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head if they were connected.
0: I think my issue with things based off of Bradbury, even when Bradbury's involved, is that his writing, there's some sort of connection with how I like his writing that even when I've written things, like my mm-hmm. favorite things I have written have his well, I don't say his cadence, but it's what I'm trying to do because of how he does the wording and the
1: flow and the
0: bang, yeah. wham, zoom,
1: you know. <laughs> yes. I, I love his writing style, it is awesome.
0: <laughs> and yeah, even his slower paced ones are a little more I don't know. If yeah. you have a if you like to read and you have a good inside imagination as as opposed to an outside imagination. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you'd like Ray
0: Uh, Do you have a long after midnight from 1976? I do not. All right. Uh, I only have one to mention because it's not one of my favorites, but the October game short story takes place at Halloween. Mm -hmm. What would one parent do to the other when they think they're going to leave and take the kid? Or more importantly, what will they do to the kid? And I will only add in that they play the Halloween. These are the witches brains game and let you make the connection between those two statements. Huh. And and it's a very, it's not a very long
1: story. I shall have to find that one.
0: Uh, what about The October Country from 1943?
1: No, but that one I definitely want to get.
0: That is on my, uh, it's my favorite out of all the ones I have that are short story collections. And it's often on my Halloween reading list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it every two to three years at Halloween. Yeah. It uh, uses uh, illustrations by Joe, and I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce this. Magnani, Mugnaney? Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I I'd suck at names. But uh, he does the artwork illustrations for this. He also did them for the Halloween tree.
1: And I love it when they combine their talents. Yeah, his, his illustrations for the Halloween tree are
0: awesome. Uh, I've got three here uh, real quick to mention skeleton. Uh, my two notes are, well, I guess I can put them together. What happens when one man hates the thought of a skeleton inside him? <laughs> he meets, oh, oh that's gonna be a good one. <laughs> oh, it's really good I mean it kind of gets in there he's like I can feel it and it's like is it another thing inside of me that's yeah but what happens when he meets somebody who enjoys eating skeletons oh uh, nice twist <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say the word breadsticks because that would give oh I did oops sorry um, yeah. the small assassin I will just say postpartum depression has nothing on the mania that actually comes true and uh, the side uh, even if it's how you feed your family how long would you last as the world's reaper even when you know that eventually your family also has to go oh i i also have a book irish short stories are just by all sorts of different authors but ray bradbury's the banshee is in this one. Oh, cool so really great irish spooky atmosphere and fun times <laughs> which i think it is the last episode of the first season of the ray bradbury theater but i Literally, as we record, just started watching those on Prime, Amazon Prime. So oh, only, yeah. I've only watched the first one.
1: Okay, cool. And I it, will probably have to, if I have not already, because I think I may have already added that to my watch list on <laughs> there. If not, I will. It's definitely 80s. You'll notice the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the 80s <Yeah>. vibe.
0: <laughs> but those are the mine. What Which, uh, which others do you
1: have? Um, I, I've, just, I've got the Illustrated Man. Um, and, and these are the three I have not read. I've got the Illustrated Man. Dandelion Wine, and uh, The Martian Chronicles. Those are the three I have that I have not read. I've read Fahrenheit 451. Very good. Uh, well, yes. Probably his most popular. I well think known. so, yeah. That, the Halloween Tree, which, like you, I read that almost every year. If, <laughs> if, I didn't read it this last year because it was in storage because I was kind of hoping to have been moved by that <laughs> point. Um, that didn't happen. Um, and um, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh-huh. Excellent excellent story so i I loved that
0: i actually have that listed as the first full-length book i was going to mention okay but i i've I've sent jody a list i don't know if he's looked at it on halloween ideas and dark carnivals is one of the ideas and i have a whole thing written up on it which includes something that wicked this way comes so yeah if you think you wouldn't mind recording that for halloween we can leave this one to go for now yeah yeah that's fine and halloween tree yep (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah got one coming up uh so have you um well i've got uh Actually, I've got a, one more in here, but I've got a note that says I don't own them, but they're popular, Fahrenheit 451. I have read it. I just don't own it. Yeah, Martian Chronicles,
1: which was a miniseries back in the late 70s or early 80s. Yes, and I watched that. I do remember watching that because the the way it ended, I was kind of like, huh, well, that's different. <laughs> I watched it, and it freaked me
0: out so much. That's why I have not read the books to this day. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember how it ended. Like I just remember flashes of weird crap, and I'm like, "That's freaking me out."
1: <laughs> what? What I remember of it, and this is without having read it, even though I've got the the book sitting right next to me. But what I remember, because I, I was, we would have been about what five, six, seven years old when that came out.
0: Ah, something. So, we were
1: young, yeah. So yeah, forty, forty, maybe forty-one to forty-two years ago when that came out. Was that? or uh, humans tried to colonize mars and i think there had been martians on the planet that had gone extinct and somehow the humans that colonized mars were turning into what the martians that had previously lived on the planet had been
0: yeah there's something like that and yes and they they were actually like the humans were getting visions and stuff, yeah and they,
1: yeah, so it was, yeah, which, which would go along with the thing of after that first generation, you're, you'd no longer be human. You would be a Martian anyway, because that's where you would have you been born and raised. on Mars, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh,
0: 1980 is when it came out.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was that time frame. I didn't know exactly when, but I, I, I remember watching it, though. I, me and my dad watched it. Yeah, that's- I watched it with my dad, too. Yeah. And, and that's what I asked him. I was like, are they becoming Martians? And he was like, yeah. And I don't know that he ever read the book. <laughs> yeah,
0: your dad's a smart dude. He could have yeah. picked up on that watching the show too.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, Dana Line Wine is actually the other book that I, I want to read sometime, but it, it's one of the series of the Greentown, Illinois, which is, you know, the, the series that Ray based off of Rakegan, Illinois, where he uh, was born. And uh, yeah, I guess we're not giving much of a bio of Ray, but, I read several of those a few years ago when I was going to write an article for a compilation that it, that it never worked out. There are so many good biographies of Ray out there. Just go pick one up if you want to know that much.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. If you want me to give a qu- quick synopsis, I'll look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Greentown stories, uh, so Dandelion Wine is one, um, but The Halloween Tree and From the Dust Returned and... Uh, Shit! Wow, I just made these notes, and because I, I didn't write it down, I forgot. The, anyway, they're based off of that, but the dandelion wine is the least spooky of them. Okay. Okay. Probably. I mean, it's not like it's not Halloween. It's it's spring, summer. Dandelion yeah. wine. You know. So I've avoided it because it doesn't take place around Halloween. Ah. Okay. But I, I should I should read it.
1: You should. I'd actually <laughs> like to, I'd actually like to try actual dandelion wine.
0: Uh, I made a dandelion mead about three years ago, four years ago sucked
1: (laughs) well it's because you made a mead not a wine
0: there is that should have just done the mead
1: and made it a mead and then yeah um, yeah. i'm sure i'm sure if you just made a mead it would have been great (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah uh
0: have you read from the dust returned i have not oh it's, it's on my halloween reading list not every year but usually two or three and in some of the collections i have and you may have there may be a chapter or two from this book that are in those because he wrote the chapters separate across decades like he did Uh, chapter two in the 50s and 60s and like then he finally put it all together not super long ago like 20 years ago or so
1: yeah well he like a lot of these guys he got started writing with pulp magazines and you know when we did the the episode that just came out as we're recording this on hp lovecraft that you know like i said that's where a lot of those guys H.P. Lovecraft, Robert E. Howard, Ray Bradbury. That's where they started. Oh, God, what was this guy's name? Because um, I'm going to talk about something here, and it's Bradbury connected, but um, uh, Forrest J. Ackerman. That's how they got started was, were these pulp magazines in the 20s and 30s. So that would make sense that he, he may have – some of those chapters, early chapters especially, may have been published in some of those pulps.
0: Yeah, yeah he came along a little after. He was born – well, obviously 1920, because it's his yeah. birthday. Um, but yeah, he did a lot in Weird Tales, but he did. Uh, mm-hmm. he had things published in Madame as well and Cosmopolitan. And,
1: yeah, but, but, yeah and, Not. so not just the Pulps, other
0: magazines. Yeah, he was a magazine. Yeah. So Pulps and like the, the more mainstream. But yeah, he would sell
1: short stories and, and, well, short stories at the time that would become chapters later. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, and that's, that's one of the things I like about him is he could write just about any genre. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... You know, kind of the creepy horror type of stuff and sci-fi, and man, those are my favorite. But but yeah, he yeah, does,
0: he's done detective and just life stories about what it's like to become older.
1: Yeah, more mainstream stuff. So, uh, so, so I, he, I guess, at an early age, he moved to California.
0: Yeah, yeah, he uh, born in Illinois, mm-hmm. and then he was not a super old when he moved to California. um I'm trying to think of was he a teenager? I do know you went to high school in uh, in California, LA, I
1: think. Right. Yeah. By high school, I, there, I bring that up because this is the thing I want to talk about. If if you're ready for me to talk about this, well, uh,
0: let me let me finish the dust return.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And
0: then yeah. So dust return just that's a family of supernatural beings and their adopted human son. Would I describe it as loving in a creepy way or creepy in a loving way? Yeah. Tomato, tomato.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: It, it can be two things.
1: It can be two things.
0: That should be one of our <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, it's not but i'm gonna drink in a second anyway uh okay it, but it, you'll see the chapter the homecoming as a short story in some collections and that is a great short story but it's maybe my favorite chapter when he put all this together cool You've got timothy the the human son grandmare the mummy who was an egyptian time cc the april witch mother and father are they vampires there's uncle enar might be a vampire's wings but they're what appear to be witches, mummies, vampires, werewolves, and more, but he rarely... (laughs) Why? Bastard. (laughs) Is that a train? I don't know, but it got derailed. (laughs) Anyway, the reason I like the book, asshole, (laughs) is he rarely explicitly states what they are. You think that my... Well, okay one's a mummy definitely because it's a mummy uh but you don't know what they all are and you get to you know of course that's a werewolf does it say werewolf no then how do you know because it's a werewolf and that's you get to put all of that of your own self and what you've read and the movies you've watched and make them the types of monsters you imagine huh nice great
1: it's great (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that, that, that's it for that I've got a few notes on films and televisions but I think this would be a much better place for me to put the pint to my face okay so um August
1: 22nd 1920 okay. which is why this is coming out okay um here, so, so when he was 19 he started publishing his own more of a fan magazine not necessarily a pulp I actually I I'm from the looks of it it was hand typed and probably run off on a mimeograph machine and if you know what any of that means you're old like we are hell even mimeographs were barely around when we were in high school yeah they were getting away from them because they because at that point xerox machines were copiers xerox is a brand name <laughs> photocopying was starting to become feasible, you know, it's something that was easier to do in school. But he started his own magazine, it only ran for four issues. Uh, it was called Future Fantasia, Futuria Fantasia. Um, he was the editor, and he uh, contributed a few things as, as a writer. And it was pretty interesting. I've, I've got all four issues printed out. Um, I've, I've only read the first one at this point. I, I mean, the first issue is... 10 is 11 pages. <laughs> so, so these are really short. I, I mean, I think the longest one is like 24 pages. I mean, the, 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 the magazine itself was really short. But those, um, are,
0: those are 11 to 24 pages of the eight and a half by 11, right? So it's not, yes, like a yeah. book size 11. So book size, it'd be 30 pages.
1: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, this stuff is hand typed and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hand typed on a typewriter. Let me cl- clarify that too, because you know we didn't have word processors back in 1939. <laughs> but um, if if you think this would be okay, I would actually like to read this. The only uh, so he, he edited this, and in the first issue, the only two things that he contributed were kind of the foreword, so the first first thing you read in the magazine, and a poem that was published. It was uh, printed on the last page. And I thought I would read the poem. Cool. Oh, yeah. This poem is called Thought and Space. Space, thy boundaries are time and time alone. No earth-born rocket, seedling skyward sown, will ever reach your cold infinite end. This power is not men's to build or send. Great deities laugh down, venting their mirth, at struggling bipeds on a cloud-wrapped earth. Chained solid on a war-swept, waning globe, for fate who witnesses to pry and probe, but list one weapon have I stronger yet, prepare infinity and God's regret, thought, quick as light, shall pierce the veil, to reach the lost beginning's holy grail, across the sullen void on soundless trail, where new spawned suns and chilling planets wail, one thought shall travel midst the God's playthings. Past centered globes where choking flame still sings. No wall of force, yet have ye firmly thought, that change the supreme strength of purest thought, unleashed without a body's slacking hold. Thought leaves the ancient earth behind to mold, and when the galaxies have heeded death and welcomed lastly space's poisoned breath, still shall thought travel as an arrow flown space. Thy boundaries are time and time alone.
0: <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> that is fucking. Yeah, right? I love that. So, and he anyway, was 19 when he wrote that? He was 19 when he wrote that. Or, well, he was 19 when he published it. Ah. So. so imagine how much better he got as time went on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that was the thing. I'm getting a little off topic here. This first issue, like I, uh, I mentioned Forrest J. Ackerman is one of the guys who was writing for these pulps. And the, the last story short story in here was was one that Ackerman had written according to Bradbury in his editorial introduction to it he said that Ackerman wrote it in 1929 at the age of 13 and it was only <laughs> and it was only like two pages long he he expanded it 3 years later when he was 16 and i think he made it like three pages long <laughs> but it, but it was a really great story so yeah i mean these guys were they started out young and were, were good because that Ackerman story was really good too. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Thought in Space, an uh, early poem by Ray Bradbury, first published in 1939 in his own fan magazine, Futuria Fantasia. I like his famous last words uh, oh, in, in the magazine. But Mr. Smith, how
0: do you explain that gyro statistic electromagnetic monitor on the radio stunt
1: motor? Clonk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was I was thought about reading that, and then you said that, and I completely spaced <laughs> out on what you were talking about. Did you space out
0: when the Biden trees became time and time alone?
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good now. you told me about these a uh, while well, because yeah, this is the Bradbury thing you told
1: me about, and I have them saved, but I have not read any of them yet because that's what a lot of fan magazines did i mean they they printed them out themselves and do it yourself kind of stuff, you know before we had the internet, and people could do blogs. Yeah, yeah. Or podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Those marmy bastards who do podcasts. Who do
0: they think they are having something to share with the world? Yeah. Fucking jerks. <laughs> yeah. So i have seen if you had any more on Futuria future, uh, Futurama.
1: <laughs> Futuria Fantasia. Um, Bradbury actually said that he, at the time, that he himself was kind of a technocrat in thought. Yeah, I know.
0: Bradbury, after reading some of his... Uh, biographies and just his own writing, he's very much. Uh, he, he's got. He had a bright vision for humans based mm-hmm. on technology, but he did not let go of the human soul in any way either. So I could see why.
1: Yeah, I, and that was even even reading the 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 opinion piece. I, I see where you would lose that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mention it because I don't have the.
0: Book that the short story comes from, but I've read it. It's uh it's called "There Will Come a Soft Rains" by uh-huh. Bradbury, um and the name actually comes. I won't go into much detail uh, because we both have things that you know to, to yeah. keep talking about. But it takes place in the future. I've read it recently. I want to say it's only a few years away from now, from 2020. Yeah. But it's a, a automated house that mm-hmm. is still functioning after an atomic war that has destroyed everything around it and the family. The uh, one of the walls actually has the outline of the family kind of like the Hiroshima thing that you know,
1: oh yeah about. yeah yeah
0: but it, it talks about wake up it's time to get breakfast and it makes the breakfast and it puts the breakfast down and after the people don't come to get the breakfast it goes okay I'm putting it up and it washes the dishes and everything and it, <laughs> it, it's just a house that continues uh, along its own little path with nobody around and and what you said reminded me of that because it's ordered one breakfast occurs from this time to this time and i'm waking you up now so you have four minutes to get ready and come down to breakfast and you gotta mm-hmm. go to school neat it's good <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well,
0: that's all i've got okay <laughs> i'm sure you can jump in the eye I've, I've actually got a little bit more well okay i say a little bit but i'm lying <laughs> uh, maybe a bit so uh films and television oh yeah uh, i've already mentioned ray bradbury theater
1: mm-hmm. and, uh, they're the good. and the martian chronicles in
0: the martian chronicles all good just not as good as the actual books right uh, he did do an episode of 2 for twilight zone and alfred hitchcock ooh uh there's a cartoon version of the halloween tree
1: have you seen it i have not i, I know you and i have talked about it in the past but that was roughly about the time i first read the halloween tree so it's, that that we talked about it not that it came out cuz i didn't even <laughs> know that the cartoon had come out until i looked it up on wikipedia
0: yeah it's it's okay
1: it uh i, I don't really love it it, it has leonard
0: nimoy as mount shroud i could see that yeah he did, he he would have done a good voice for that so. and uh, bradbury narrates it. And, and they don't use all the characters oh sorry go ahead
1: I, I was just i was i was thinking you know if they were to try to do a a new adaptation of the halloween tree you know who i would love to have be mount shroud uh no idea benedict cumberbatch <laughs> he'd be good at that yeah i think he would be great he in be that role that. yeah and I just want to throw out
0: there that I, I don't not care for it because they took away some of the characters and added a girl. No problem. Mm-hmm. actually making one of the characters, the witch character a girl because she pedals around on a bike and she actually taped a, like a broom to the bike to make it look like she's riding a broom. It <laughs> nice. <awesome. Like> it's <laughs> oh, not, that's cool. It, it's cool. It's just a little cheesy, a little more cartoonish than the book, but it's still good.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't, didn't they cut out uh, cause, it, cause they had to cut out part of the journey yeah yeah that's yeah. that's what i read was one of the things that kind of took away from it but it's okay won an emmy daytime emmy oh nice nice and uh, the movie disney
0: something wicked this way comes really nice adaptation that one i actually like i have actually still not seen that i oh. might own it so when you get uh, up here
1: <laughs> well i was gonna say i will i will look and see if it's on disney plus because if it is i may have already added it to my watch list cool so yeah, well, I know you're looking at that. Uh, I'll mention that. I haven't watched it, but the
0: really famous Moby Dick from 1956, uh, he played a huge role in, in it uh, as as a screenwriter. Huh, did not know that. And here, uh, this is a cool uh, personal anecdote. Where I work, nearby on one of the local campuses is the Ray Bradbury Center, uh, Studies Center. And they actually have, they have a lot of his personal effects and they've set up their sort of museum for him as if it was his office oh nice so I went there I actually have a picture of myself sitting in his chair the chair he wrote in oh nice which is awesome but while I was there I mean they were ecstatic that I came in because they 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 could tell I liked him and I was talking about the things I liked and they're like oh check this out they showed me one of the original Empire Strikes Back scripts oh Lawrence Kasdan yeah who who wrote it was Mm -hmm. held by Lee Brackett uh, female. Who, yes. Great screenwriter. She wasn't feeling very good. She has in very ill health and mm. they wanted somebody to be there in case she couldn't work on it. And they picked Ray Bradbury. Nice. So they have that script they sent to look at, but fortunately Lee stayed healthy and they finished right before she passed away.
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say she died not too long after they finished the script. Yeah. Very nice. But that's it. I- I've got a few notes. From all, because like I said, a
0: little bit ago, I read half a dozen to a dozen books of his. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to pick out a few of the themes and and some of the neat things I saw. Yeah. Of course, leaving out the Halloween tree bits, because that'll go in later. And the something wicked, that'll go in later. Right. Um, But some of his earliest memories, and this is where you'll see why we like a spooky crap. Mom took him to see Lon Chaney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) Oh, nice. When he was three years old. And another was a bit later when he was uh, 32, in in 1932, so when he was 12,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, he went to go see – he went to carnival, and he saw Mr. Electrico, and it was like this electric sword. And you'll see a little bit of this in Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, like, some of these things really hit home with him, and that's why he started writing and doing the things he did. Oh, Cool. He talks about theology and some of the things and and he he's not an atheist. You know, he's he's a believer. I'm not sure to what degree because he understands that it can be good and bad. You'll (laughs) see his love of the autumn people. He talks about a cobra country autumn people. He likes that weird sort of fall, autumn type of thing just in general.
1: Which which could be part of the reason why we're such big fans. Could be. He had a lot to do with Disney World too,
0: out there in California. So here's where he and Tolkien differ a fair bit because he saw the sci-fi and futuristic aspect of disney world and how it connected to the past
1: and he loved how they put those connections together i I think i think mostly tolkien's problem with disney was the taking the stories and making them cutesy instead of being what they originally were they can still be for kids they don't have to be cutesy (laughs) that's right
0: anyway (laughs) (laughs) you know we're just talking about that one of the notes i have here is how bradbury dips both into the past and the future I don't know. It's uh, instead of picking out little things. If you read his autobiographies, he will take everything. He'll take memories from his past, and he'll take things that he got at carnivals, the house he lived in, mummies he saw in Mexico, and he'll put those in his spooky things. He takes his love of rockets and future and hopes Disneyland and writes stories about Martian and Mars. His writing is witty and a for the subject he's on, and Sometimes you'll get one where, hey, look, we're the last humans on Mars, but we can go back to Earth. Oh, no. Now we see all the atomic bombs going off on Earth.
1: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <Ed. laughs> so it's, it's just these wonderful, great writer. Yeah.
0: And if I had to list in order, I would say Halloween Tree is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Probably Dust Return to the Dust Returns, my second. But it's very close with Something Wicked This Way Comes.
1: Yeah. And then
0: uh, October Country, the series of short stories, the compilation short story book. Nice. And yeah, all those are the creepy October (laughs) Halloween thing. (laughs) But those other things are good, too. I mean, I like his sci-fi stuff, too.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think Fahrenheit 451 was the first one I read. But I I read Halloween Tree not too long after that. Uh,
0: Yeah, I read Fahrenheit 451 in high school and yeah. i already read halloween tree in junior high so
1: yeah it, it was funny i i had uh gone to a library sale one time and uh, you had always been talking about the halloween tree so i picked it up used copy from the library and forgot that i had it and went to a bookstore a couple of years later and oh james is always talking I about this book I should buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i bought it and, w- and w- i went back and i was looking through my bookshelf and i went well fuck <laughs> <laughs> i already had it and actually i think that cop the the used copy got passed around a little bit it may actually be sitting on that bookshelf over there it just wasn't with the other ray bradbury books <laughs> Nice, because i think it wound up coming back to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> all i remember is in high school i had to read fahrenheit 451 and i'm glad i did it was good and, you know, oh yeah always been anti-censorship but i've read halloween tree first and i'm reading this and i'm like well, this isn't spooky. <laughs> what bullshit is this? <laughs> and then, you know, I get a little older. I'm like, oh, he did all sorts of stuff. Yep. Actually, I think I own two Halloween trees. I bought one from eBay because for a while I couldn't find it. Like it either wasn't being published. wasn't out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, probably better story for that episode, but screw it. I'm almost done now. So we got, got one on eBay. It was uh, signed. I've got a signed Ray Bradbury Halloween tree. Oh, nice. But sadly, it actually gives the person's name, so it's signed to somebody else. Oh, well, that sucks. It's all right. But yeah, a little hardback version. So then I picked up a paperback when I yeah. did, when I came back out again. Nice. So, yep, I also own two <laughs> copies.
1: <laughs> this was a good book, you know, so it <laughs> doesn't hurt to have an extra copy. <laughs> yeah. I actually think I own two uh, something wicked
0: this way comes because I couldn't find one for a while. And so I bought it again and then must've found it. Cause I've got two of them over there. <laughs> there we go. Uh. Person to email us on Podbean or Facebook and say, I would like your second copy of something wicked this way comes. I'll give it to you. I'll send it. There you go. Well, it's an easy promise to keep when nobody's going to ask for it, but I, I will. <laughs> if, if anybody out there does it, as long as I don't have to spend you know, I'll even pay the shipping as long as it's not some ungodly amount. <laughs> I would imagine it's probably not going to be much more than five or six bucks. <laughs> you you wouldn't think, but, you know, somebody in the deepest, darkest depths of Africa wants it. I, you know what? No, screw it. I don't care where it is. I will get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's on Mars? Then just wait for the 15th printing from the Bradbury Press. That will probably be the third <laughs> building up there. Yes. Oh, well. On that note, I, 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 think I'm, uh, I think I'm done not only Bradbury, but I'm finishing up that huge-ass damn bomber of 16% bourbon barrel-aged quality. Oh, yes. Oh, there it goes. That's the end of it. Oh, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> not entirely sure what Ray would think about us cussing and drinking, but we love you anyway, Ray. Yeah. I was, I was going to say something snippy about a former teacher of ours, and I'm going to let it go. <laughs> you could tell me after we sign off. That sounds good. <laughs> all right, then. Do you, do you have anything else? Nope. All right. So <laughs> until we talk about – well, we'll see you next week, of course, but we'll also talk about Bradbury once or twice in October. Yeah. But until then, I'm James. I'm Jody. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some
1: fun outtakes. Um. <laughs> uh, well, haha. Uh, yeah, no, I fuck. I don't know.
0: <laughs> My baloney has a first name W I T C H E S. My baloney has a second name B U R N I N G. I did that backwards, but I'm watching Burning Witches videos and drinking.
1: So anyway, I, I will read this poem, and if we have to take it out later, then you won't hear it. <laughs> you're just going <laughs> to hear blank space for five seconds, and then, then we're going to then you're
0: going to hear me go, "Oh, that was the fucking best thing ever."
1: <laughs> so this poem was called "Through." No, damn it. That's, that's not what, it's that, called. That, that what it's called. This the old, no, damn it. But these go to eleven. Yeah, anyway. now that I have it. Now that, now that I have Amazon Prime set up on my <laughs> Xbox, I can watch it on the TV. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to get two out of Jody tonight because once he gets back to his
0: Xbox. <laughs>